Happy Flashback Friday, everybody! With over 600 episodes in the can, we're always excited to share some of our favorite interviews with our new listeners, or revisit missed episodes for some of our longtime listeners. Today, we're bringing you back to January of this year when we kicked off Sundance 2021 virtually. Our first interview of the fest was with director Debbie Lum about her film Try Harder, which focuses on San Francisco's own Lowell High School. Try Harder is out in theaters today, so be sure to check it out. You can find a link to theaters and showtimes in our show notes. So let's get right to it with our flashback to Sundance 2021 with director Debbie Lum. Enjoy. Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Well, welcome everyone to Sundance 2021. And... uh this is a different year. We are live from Sundance right now, which means we're individually in our own houses. <laughs> we, 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 if you look at the screenshot of us right now, we actually look like we're in Park City. It's freezing. It is. It's freezing. Frostbite in it. California. Jesus. Yeah. I actually, for every interview, was going to wear the jacket that I just bought that would be great for Sundance just to feel like I'm at Sundance. <laughs> And maybe I'd bring like a big old thing of water to every interview. Like, oh, just, God, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think I think doing interviews whenever freely from our homes is, is a nice change. But I, I am going to miss being there and getting all the swag. Let's be, let's be honest, Char. That's very yeah, true. Too. <laughs> um, no, so I and you, you probably haven't caught it. I don't know if you saw it in the text that Char and I were sending back and forth, but I started seeing the first one I saw was Bloody Nose Empty Pockets. Mm. And that they're like, a year ago today, we were at Sundance. I'm like, oh, man, a year mm -hmm. has gone by already. And I, yeah, I'm having some serious FOMO because last year was very fun. It was. Every year has been fun. I mean, I it was exhausting, but it was really fun. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be. If you're there, yeah, yeah, yeah. think of it, you better be exhausted. Otherwise, you're not doing it right. The the oh. first the first reminder, <laughs> the first reminder uh, pick that I saw was of me putting gas in the tank before our road trip. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, we're not going to. It's like, that's, that's mine and Edge's jam every year is driving down yeah. there in the and middle you of the night. Me, what did you introduce me to? It's not Dutch oven. That coffee. Dutch what is it called? Dutch Brothers coffee. <laughs> Dutch Brothers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that's fun. That's a different kind of coffee, Ange. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I, yeah, and then I, and then I, I went into the rabbit hole of seeing all the pictures from last year where you know we were with uh uh our our buddy shoshana and we were at the high west tasting and then um the uh the very last um what was it the last uh uh press line that we did with tessa thompson and then of course you know ron howard and the, the go-go well, of course all of these things it's just like i was just like wow it's it's so different doing a virtual fest so this different. year 
I mean, obviously very happy to be able to cover and have the opportunity to do 100%. this again, but it's just so, it's just such a bummer that, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, after the, after our first experience and our second experience, I was like, man, we're going to be going to Park City every year for the rest of our lives. Yes. And we will. We'll be back again. Hopefully yeah. by 2022. It we- would be so yeah. nice. Yeah. Get our shit together. Um, but yeah, so we are introducing the first interview from Sundance. So happy to welcome to the show Debbie Lum. She's the director of the documentary Try Harder with an exclamation point. And uh, she's a local. So we're really stoked to have her on the show. And we hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you for being here, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Can you give our listeners a little introduction to the film? Sure. Um, Try Harder follows five students as they try to get into the elite school of their dreams at a iconic San Francisco high school called Lowell High School. It's a documentary and it's in the U.S. documentary competition at Sundance. And how did you, how did this documentary come about? I know you're familiar with the Tiger Mom arena in general, <laughs> but how did the story, this story come about for you? How do you know that? Is that because of I'm Chinese or? <laughs> no, no, your past works. <laughs> yes. We yeah. did some reading. We did some yeah. reading. A little bit of research, some Googling, if you will. Yeah. I just want to say for the record that my mother was not a Tiger Mother. <laughs> Good for you. I, I'm trying very hard not to be one myself. Um, <laughs> Um, well, I'm not from San Francisco. I actually grew up in the Midwest in a place very different from San Francisco. But of course, whenever I moved here, you know, Lowell is famous. It's um, infamous. It's known as this very high achieving, pretty stressful, competitive um, Asian American high school. It's really known as this sort of Asian American high school. It's um, selective admission. So in order to get in, you actually have to take a test or perform very well in high school. And it's been like a majority Asian American student body for many decades, not without controversy. Um, You know, there's been a lot of talk over who should be allowed to get into Lowell High School. Um, But I actually was, was interested in the, you know, I am a parent, I have three kids, Um, They're pretty young, um, but even at the age of like kindergarten, pre-K, the parents around me were completely freaking out about college, you know, at like three years old. And so I was interested in in what it would be like for these kids going through the college admissions journey, which had, you know, I had heard had completely changed since when I was a kid Mm -hmm. um, and going to college. Um, I mean, I applied to like four colleges, I think, I remember. Um, And now kids are applying to 30 colleges just to get into a school that they, they want to go to. So. Yeah. And and I wanted to ask you, how did you land on your subjects? Because I mean, Ange and I are, uh, we're documentary filmmakers (laughs) and uh, we're we're just working on our first documentary and it's really, uh, I think it's hard to figure out the storylines and which stories you really want to stick with. And I'm guessing you probably had more kids than not um, that you wanted to tell stories about. So how did you land on the ones that you you did? 
Yeah, that was hard. I mean, it was hard and it was easy. You know, there were, Lowell High School is the biggest public high school in San Francisco, I believe. And the class of senior, we wanted to focus on seniors. There were 650 kids in that class. We interviewed hundreds Jeez. of kids. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, we could have, we felt like we could have dropped a pin and, and just chosen anyone. They, they were all such great kids and fascinating. And, um, but we were kind of looking at it through this lens of um, the storyline of trying to get into a, a top college. Um, and so we did follow more than the ones that ended up in the film, but you know, it ended up being a sort of ensemble of kids who have, um, a, you know, re- are different and related to make a cohesive story. But I will say that um, the first kid that we met was one was. Um, I mean, if you see our film, Alvin is one of the first kids oh, that we met. We could talk oh, about yeah. Alvin for the whole interview. To, yeah. We're going to we'll get, get to Alvin. <laughs> we were texting about Alvin, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love that kid. Alvin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and we always, I mean, like I knew instantly I was going to want to, I mean, I would have made a whole film about him. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd make a, a reality series about, not a reality yes. TV, but just like a series. Well, <laughs> a follow-up yes. follow just on well, Alvin, absolutely. I was going to say a couple of those stories you could have little spinoffs of, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, and I, but that so is I'm not, yeah, sorry. Not, and yeah. I don't like to play favorites, but like, you know, so that is like every single kid in our, our film, we just totally fell in love with, you know, Ian, Sophia, and Shay, Shay and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. And so, Wait, so with, and it's sort of like an ink blot. I feel like some people uh, gravitate towards certain characters. Who are you? Yeah, are you a Shay? Are, <laughs> are you an Alvin? Yeah. yeah, I'm an Ian for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, I'm waiting for the wisecracks then. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh well. Look at where her her background is. I mean, come on. A trying to a kiss classroom. Up. Sorry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because I I went to San Francisco State, which is just right by Lowell and I'm quite certain that the Lowell high school kids were more stressed out than I was in college <laughs> I've just like I I just felt bad I'm just like I don't know I'm just kind of chilling you know going to school but the same as you I, I applied to maybe three state schools I didn't apply to any other types of colleges because I didn't want to write an essay you know it's just um, it was just such a different reality for me back then but something that I did appreciate about um, your documentary is the teachers really did stress you know, you you want to go to these Ivy League schools, sure, but that's not the end all be all, you know, and that's not the only route. And I did. Um, it reminded me of uh, Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming. She says, you know, I've sat in rooms with these prestigious, you know, the smartest of the smart. And she's like, and, and then you slowly realize they're no better than me. I deserve to be here, too. You know, it, it's good if you get into an Ivy League, but that's you, there's still other other routes to get where you want to go. And I like that the teachers were pushing that that theory as well. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's sort of the whole ecosystem. And I think sometimes Lowell gets a bad rap for, you know, for many reasons, you know, it's, it's different. It's different from the other high schools. Um, but the teachers there um, that we met, especially in the science wing, were, they, they knew all of their, ki- their students, you know, they knew them. They were, you know, they... Um, nurtured these kids. They they didn't, you know, I, I think Lowell students get um, typecast as like data points or, you know, robotic test-taking machines, right? But the teachers at Lowell all 
you know, lived and breathed with their kids and um, really knew each one of them individually. And sort of, I think that's where that comes from. You know, it's like um, there's, and, and the kids too, you know, because we, we could, we could make, you know, we, we shot like 300 hours of footage. So we could make a series of, of, of something with all of that, but, and so much that we had to leave on the cutting room floor. But one of the things um, the kids said that wasn't, wasn't included in the film is that, you know, despite the crushing, you know, the crushing weight of rejection and failure that applying to college entails today that, um, you know, the learning at Lowell and, and being at Lowell, being in a school where you care about, um, just caring about school alone is, was a positive thing for them. So. Yeah. It has, no, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I mean, it's extreme. We've got like, we're, it's, we're, we've taken it to an extreme, I think, where people really need to just step back a little, Mm -hmm. just relax, breathe, Mm -hmm. Breathe. enjoy your teen years a little bit if you can. Yeah. I was going to say, that's why I loved Ian's mom. I mean, she, (laughs) she should write a book. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way, and the way to parent and like nurture your kids creativity. I loved, I loved her. Um, But as you were filming this, you know, as someone who has more experience than these kids and Asian American, was there ever moments where you were sort of like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Like, it's this isn't just the life right now like you're there are way more experiences that you're gonna have yeah you know I mean we just wanted to give them all a big hug the whole time you know yeah, that we were there. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it is really hard it, I think when you're in that situation um it's you're just so caught up in it um it's really hard to get perspective and get a distance and that's sort of that's basically what I wanted to do with this film was to hold up a mirror on the this intense journey so that people could just reflect on what it all means for them um and uh I mean one of the um one of the adults that I I interviewed who was the president of the PTA PTSA they call it um and a parent at, at Lowell, um, she said that there's two types of parents, um, ones that have gone through the college application journey and ones who have not. And mm. when you get to the other side, you have a very different perspective on it, but you can't not, you have to go through it. It's like, you know, you have to get, go through that, um, you know, that crazy process yourself before you can really get some perspective. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, that and and that's what I wanted to ask you as well. Like after these parents watched the documentary, did they have some perspective and did certain things kind of click or what was what were a lot of their reactions especially towards you? I'm sure you must have been nervous to have them see it. You know, anytime your subject watches uh your your project, it's just stressful. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. And and like um I'm going to have to come back to you on that one. <laughs> Is that so okay? We, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a part two happily. Well, I was going to yeah. say, are, what really surprised you about this filmmaking experience? What surprised me? You yeah. know what? It was, um, it's like you can read about it in the papers. It makes headlines and um, you can, 
you know, you, you hear how terrible it is, but to actually watch kids go through it, it's, um, I think it really changes your notion of childhood today. You know, school mm-hmm. has become kind of a job for a lot of kids. And I mean, especially now during COVID, it's um, when kids are, I mean, it's the joy of community and of being together um, and to and growing together is really robbed of you in COVID. It's really, mm-hmm. like, really hard. I think the impact of the system is really, it, it, it's something that, you know, kids are resilient. And when they're in high school, they are superhuman. Um, but it's the long-term impact of it that worries me. I just want to like go back to the, the, the moms and, and the parents. I love the moms in our film. And I, you know, they're, each one has their own different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, um, you can, I think what's, um, you know, it's, you can really relate to what, they are doing even if it is a little crazy (laughs) at times Mm -hmm. um so it's i think it's more of the system that we're in that really is the problem you know i mean one of the things that we that wasn't in the film either is you know it's not a it's not a frontline it's not an issue-oriented film it's really more of a journey about character and identity but when you look at the the what's going on with college admissions there is a huge amount of money poured into Mm. marketing of these elite brand name colleges so that more and more students will apply and then more and more students will get rejected and their selectivity increases so that they look much better and much more you know um, desirable and there's even this term called recruit to deny um, which really doesn't, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're an institution that's all about learning, um, that doesn't bode well for the student who is supposedly doing the learning, you know, um, it's, it's really, it's really too hard, I think, on kids today. I think that's a good point. And I do like that you show, you know, there's this umbrella of Asian American, but the experiences are so different across the board. I mean, even Aaron and I, you know, experiences are completely different from each other's and from the kids in here. So I just like that you show a glimpse of, you know, you, you use this umbrella term and it's just, but still there's just so many layers between that. And, and it's just so much deeper than, than just that. And I think it's important for people to know that, that these cultures are so rich and different and the experiences are so uniquely their own. Yeah. And, you know, their identity as Asian Americans, um, the, the, the students who are Asian American in the film is very much something they're wrestling with in, um, you know, in a really conscious way when it comes to the college application process. And in, in reality, that's such a constructed idea. You know, they're just kids, you know, students mm-hmm. in school and, um, they, you know, it's, it's just, it's some, it's sort of become a game of numbers for a lot of students. So it's, it's just a, it's a funny way to kind of go into adulthood, to think of yourself along the lines of like, which box do I check? And, mm-hmm. you know, how do I measure up against another person? Um, 
Yeah. And I, I do want to touch on a little bit um, before we start wrapping up on Rachel's story. I really appreciated that story and um, digging into a little bit of the racism <laughs> that she encounters at Lowell and in her life. But I loved I loved that story. And, and, and I'm so glad you focused on her. Yeah, you know, Rachel is actually the kid that I that I personally identified with. That was sort of what my childhood was like. I grew yeah. up in a place like her where I went to a high school where I was the different one. Yep. And that kind of all the microaggressions that you experience for being different just go hand in hand with that. Um, and so at Lowell High School, you know, um, less when we were there, less than two percent of the students were African American. And um, Rachel, who's biracial, her mom is African-American um, and she lived with her mom as her mom's a single mom. She was the only African-American student in the honor roll um, in, her, in her class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that sort of always being under the spotlight as the different one being um, questioned whether or not you, you deserve it, you know, the whole imposter syndrome um, issue that comes like, you know, hand in hand with this sort of jockeying for number one and elitism who gets to be there, who, 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 the exclusivity of, you know, the elite college system. It's, it's a, it's like two sides of the same coin, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, the thing about it too, is that um, I know Lowell is dealing with some really difficult stuff and I don't think there is a you know a delicate way to talk about it I think it's just it's something that the community needs to deal with but it's it's also just so much related to everyone trying I think it's just something about getting there at all costs you know yeah I also was thinking about I don't know why it came up when I was watching the film and afterwards I'm like yeah this is not dazed and confused (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that it's like the polar opposite of that high school experience and it made me sad mm-hmm. you know you want like you said it earlier in the interview you you should be having fun in high school mm-hmm. like I I just I, and I think I don't know because like I I like again I'm, I'm not I'm a transplant so for all I mean I you know somebody if you had a call in this is our call in show someone could um, I, should have, my, I should have my sister call in she went to Galileo she's she's born and raised here but anyways yeah I think Lowell used to be more relaxed used to be more of an all-around school that was my impression anyway used to have great sports teams used to have someone told me all the cute girls used to go Oh, <laughs> not that they don't anymore, but like, <laughs> right. That's where, that's where they were. That was, I don't know. Aww. That's what I've heard. Um, also more, um, maybe more diverse. You know? Yeah. More multicultural, more African-American students. Well, um, that's a know. whole San Francisco. Story yeah. The city too. in general. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for shining a light on, on this story and, and yep. sharing these kids stories because I just I always feel bad for kids these days with social media alone you know and now trying to get into school and defining what success is is just so different right now and uh and congratulations getting into Sundance yeah what what are your next steps for this film what do you what do you hope comes out of it oh thanks for asking yeah thank you um 
we would like everyone to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we would we we feel like it's a film that reaches so many audiences, and it's so important for students to see it, for parents to see it, for the adults in the room. But that sort of the industry of college um, application, you know, coaches and admissions officers and the gatekeepers and. Mm-hmm. And also the college students who have just been through it, you know, um, we would like. We feel like it's a film that reaches so many people, and it's really important. It is, mm-hmm. you know, times are crazy, and people really need kind of a reset. I feel like. Um, right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. It was such a pleasure having you on Bitch Talk, and we love back anytime. We love back try anytime. harder so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That was our interview with director Debbie Lum of the Sundance documentary film, Try Harder. We had a really good time with her, but then we had an after hours conversation with her, (laughs) which man, I wish we could have recorded, but it's okay. It was really, she was great. Our interview was really good. And then our after talk, I was like, oh man. This needs to be. This needs oh, yeah. To be just, it but, seems like it just as always, things always happen. You know, all the fun stuff happens off the mic, right? And everything but it right. may not, yeah, broke it wide may not open. Have been as, it may not have been as candid if that recording light was on. So, right, right. We, we will be meeting with Debbie again soon. And uh, yeah, had a really fun time. And this is the first of many. So we started off with a bang. Hopefully, we keep it there. That's right. So thanks for listening. And uh, Sundance, here we come. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>